0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Menopause, The Good, The Bad and The Downright Sweaty. I'm Diane Danzybrink, and as ever I'm here with my lovely co-host, the fabulous Sophie Claus. Hello everyone. And today Sophie and I are joined by the lovely Jane Lewis who we have tried to record this with a couple of times before and it hasn't gone brilliantly thanks to tech which (laughs) Sophie and I don't really do we detest (laughs) (laughs) um so Jane has very kindly agreed to come and talk to us again and she's going to talk to us all things vaginal atrophy vaginal dryness etc etc and Jane has, as I'm sure lots of you know, written a book called Me and My Menopausal Vagina. But today, Jane's really going to be talking about the symptoms and the management and how maybe you could help yourself to deal with this very, well, it's sort of not discussed symptom, but it's also, yeah, it's also sort of really underestimated isn't it Mm. hugely underestimated symptom so Jane for anybody that hasn't listened to anything that you and I have done before or anything that you've done with anybody else before just give us a little introduction to you and then we'll crack straight on and get your wise words
1: yeah hi both of you um as Diane said I'm Jane Lewis I'm 53 Still officially in perimenopause um, because contrary to um, everyone's belief, vaginal dryness or atrophy or genitourinary syndrome of menopause, whatever you want to call it, and can affect women in perimenopause, not just ladies in their 80s onwards. So I wrote a book and I put a leaflet together to try and um, get the conversation going around this side of menopause, which is very taboo. Okay, Jane. So first off, for anybody
0: that's never heard of any of those descriptions, could you tell us what some of the symptoms of vaginal atrophy
1: are? So due to the lack of oestrogen, the vagina becomes what they call shorter and tighter. And the... um, the, the, the elasticity with inside becomes much thinner and it can become more painful but that little bit of dryness due to that lack of estrogen ca- can cause all these different symptoms abnormal vaginal bleeding with or without sex but with bleeding you must always go and see your GP to rule out other things mm. painful intercourse whether it be just at the very beginning at the vestibule area or deep with inside up nearer the cervix Repeated urinary tract infections are very common, um, perimenopause onwards, stress urinary incontinence, so when you cough, um, jump or laugh, urge incontinence, when you go to put the key in the front door and you pee yourself or you're up several times a night, thinning or splitting of the vulval area outside, so especially old episiotomy scars that maybe 20, 30 years old can come back and start being literally a pain in the butt. Problems sitting down, cycling or horse riding, vulval irritation like itching, vulval soreness and burning, and contrary again to popular belief, The word dryness can make you think it's just dryness, but you can also get a very watery discharge that is, again, a sign of vaginal atrophy, clitoral pain or irritation, prolapses can become more common because the lack of estrogen, the collagen, the whole pelvic floor becomes weaker, and then, yes, the vaginal dryness, which can cause chaffing and all the other horrible things that go along with dryness.
0: So for anybody that doesn't know, oestrogen essentially acts as a lubricant for an awful loss of the body, um, and the pelvic area is absolutely reliant on oestrogen, so it's a bit like having a dry summer and the garden dries up, actually as your oestrogen levels begin to fall, then so that happens to all those tissues within the pelvic area and all those symptoms that you've just described jane you can have some people can have one of those some people can have a handful of those um but actually for you you never had you've never had a hot flush have you no i've
1: never had a hot flush um yes i have a bit of anxiety but you know that I know is menopausal but it could be because you know all these symptoms here can make you feel like you're losing your mind but I would say a lot of women also don't realize that they actually have vaginal atrophy or dryness because the especially with the um urinary tract infections that doesn't get people aren't putting two and two together Mm -hmm. and also Itching that gets gets forgotten as well. It also seems to be get forgotten by GPS who think it's thrush because we can get that condition with um, menopause called formication it doesn't suddenly stop at the vulva area and stop yeah. itching there. That is also lacking the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and we, what's so important is that we don't self-treat. But yeah, especially the pelvic floor area can become so much, so much weaker and the, the coughing, jumping, laughing, it's not, it may be common, but it's still not normal. Things can be done to help. So if anybody's listening, Jane, and they're
0: thinking, oh my goodness, all those things she's just described... Yeah. I think I've been struggling with at least one of those mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. What should be the first course of action?
1: Um, the first, first course of action is that you have a look yourself, and that should be a monthly thing anyway, but you go and see your GP. You don't self-treat um, because these conditions here, especially the itching and burning, they can also be signs of other rarer conditions, but they're not so rare that it's not they need to be ruled out. So you go and see your GP And you you should be examined to, you know, check that everything is okay. Because these, it's, you know, sort of, they haven't got x-ray eyes. They don't have x-ray eyes and we can get other conditions called lichen sclerosis and roughly um 35 of menopausal women have this skin condition although it's not a menopausal thing per se they think it's an autoimmune condition right um but young girls as young as two can get it as well you're more likely to get it at the younger and the older ages Mm. you can get it at any age i must say but there's a corresponding thing at the younger and the older ages of lack of of estrogen so it's really important that lichen sclerosis is ruled out because In rare cases, if it's left for 10 or 15 years, which, believe me, some women do have itching and soreness for 10 or 15 years and don't even go to their GP and get examined, it can turn to vulva cancer. So if
0: if somebody were to go along and be examined... Mm -hmm and they were diagnosed with lichen sclerosis mm-hmm. what would be the treatment protocol for that
1: so for lichen sclerosis it's a very potent uh, steroid mm-hmm. for life mm-hmm. you know so it's and a start, management it's a situation. management you start off at certain amounts for you know so however many whatever your vulva dermatologist or your specialist says so many uh, weeks or what have you and then it's brought down to a maintenance dose there is a little bit of debate some say that once all your symptoms go you don't treat unless you have a flare but there's a very very good professor from australia who says if you keep up with a maintenance dose the likelihood of you actually getting a vulva cancer goes back down to the same rate as a woman who doesn't have lichen sclerosis. right and i'm no expert in lichen but it's a bit like vaginal um eastern you have those doctors who say you can have it for three months stop it and then you'll be fine of course you won't. You you're, mm. you you you're, you can't cure vaginal atrophy. You can only manage it. But you can also have lichen sclerosus, and it's really quite common to have lichen sclerosis and vaginal atrophy at the same time. So a lot of women also need the estrogen cream with their potent steroid cream. It's just putting it in the right places that your specialist would tell you about that. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So what are what are the current NHS treatments for? vaginal atrophy
1: so at the moment we have um two creams we have ovestin and estriol we have something called the e ring which is like a bit of calamari that sits in the <laughs> vagina up high <laughs> up high near the cervix for uh, 90 days and releases a small amount of estrogen 24 7 which is almost equivalent to five vagifem a week we then have something called vagifen, which is a very thin blue stick with a tiny pessary that you put in um, to the v- vagina and release it. And we've just recently, literally last week, had released a new pessary that doesn't need a an applicator you just push it into the vagina called Invagis mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah, yeah so that, that's mm-hmm. brand new and then we have other things like intra Rosa I don't need really, and something called Bissell as well and um, there are other products but the ones I said earlier they're the ones the five that are the eastern ones and then you obviously have HRT as well if you can and choose to and with the local estrogens, um yes the leaf in there is exactly the same as if it was HRT, but local oestrogen is not HRT. It's a very, very smaller dose. And if you use it twice a week, it's the equivalent to one HRT, HRT pill a year. And I think ladies have to try really hard and not look at the leaflet because if you, if you need the local oestrogen, you know, you need it. You don't query about taking other medications. You don't query about your thyroid medication or insulin or pain meds. Because vaginal um, atrophy can't be cured and it can get really, really bad. It needs to be looked after for life. Jane, what were
0: some of... For anybody that hasn't read the book, mm-hmm. what were some of the things that you did mm-hmm. to try and help yourself? What were some of the
1: measures that you tried to yeah. take? So I... um Less is less is definitely more with this condition because we have so many um, products out there for sale. You can very easily keep trying all sorts of different things. And um, a lot of the ingredients in the products really are not suitable for us. So I personally use an oil-based externally because we moisturise our faces daily and our vulva area is ageing in just the same way. And in, in a lot of ways, it has a lot more um, to deal with. You know, we pee, we poo, we have periods. If you're still having periods still, we have all the um, sitting down in tight jeans if you can. And it gets quite sweaty area if you're athletic. So that in itself needs um, a good oil-based moisturiser. Care and attention. Care mm-hmm. and attention. love and care um and then internally a vaginal moisturizer at the moment i'm not using needing an internal vaginal moisturizer i'm just losing using my local eastern hrt is helping um enough but when you have sex without a doubt even if you're not suffering with pain in my opinion non-medical but i've heard other medics say it when you especially get to our age but really all ages you should use a very good quality lubrication Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, because especially as we get older the friction and we can have tiny micro cuts that you can't even see because of the um, thinning vaginal walls Mm. and the vagina if it's inside the vagina you may not feel those in the same way but if if it's on the vulva you really will feel it yeah
2: and there's a real thing about being careful about what you put around your vulva vulva and in your vagina because a lot of products that are fragranced yeah um, or full of chemicals Mm -hmm. won't ultimately just make it worse that's right it? that's right because you have
1: to remember when you think of the inside your mouth the vulva is very similar to the inside of our mouth They're, that's the nearest you're going to get to the feel of it and you know yourself if your mouth gets a bit sore or dry mm-hmm. the same things are going on because with menopause we get we can get dry mouth um, and then we can get something called dry eye but with dry eye you can very often get dry eye but also runny at the same time that was mm. dry eye mm. hence with the vaginal dryness yes it can be dry but you can also get the very watery discharge that Mm. is still vaginal dryness due to the lack of estrogen so you just have to be very careful what you put in there and and you can get a lot of products from the doctors but just because they're
2: from the doctors they're not all as good as each other doesn't (laughs) mean
0: they're good does
1: it
2: no and i think if you are experiencing any kind of changes with your Mm -hmm. vagina or or with your um urinary habits if you're going a lot more it's if in doubt, check it out. Like yes. Take a look because we all check our breasts. I mm. check my breasts frequently, and until surgical menopause, I can't honestly say the last time that I, that I looked at my vagina yes. in yeah. a mirror because it is, it is a bit awkward, isn't it? Sometimes to have a pee. But let me just say, you'd it's be not... very,
1: you'd be very good if you could examine your vagina. Sorry, my
2: vulva. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Long time to get that one clean. Yes. But it would, it, you know, yes, it, it's you kind right. of there's all the focus on keeping your face looking young and fresh and checking your breasts but no one ever talks about having a look at your vulva and getting a mirror out and inspecting and putting a Getting, getting a torch no, and flashing it around right. <laughs> but
1: that's right we really need to um because and, and you know it's not just because what you're actually looking at is your vulva but what you really need to be looking at as well is what's called the vestibule mm-hmm. so that's when you open your inner labia and it's that bit you know it's between the vagina and between the vulva because that is generally the bit that's going to potentially get sore mm. and what is called the interest bit as you just go into the vagina on the perine, and that's where for ladies um it can tear and it can yeah yeah. Yes, and even if you haven't had an episiotomy, as you get older, that area is it can get
2: really quite thin. I never knew what a vestibule was before I read your book, and I was like, <laughs> I kind of put your book down. I was like, that's fantastic, and I've got a whole new vocab now. <laughs> and you know, I obviously just said vagina, and I meant to say vulva. And so many people don't realise there's yeah. a difference mm, between absolutely. a. Absolutely, it's very they?
1: often the vestibule that is the bit that's hurting because that is the bit that has is a less layer of skin. It's, it's like the inside of mm. our mouth, whereas um, externally our lips here and our mouth, our lips are more the
2: have the texture of a different texture. Yeah, because if our lips are chapped, mm. we'll put vaseline on, yes. won't yes. we? Yeah, or you'll you'll kind yeah. of look after them, yeah. but you just never think. But
0: again, you can see them. Yeah. You know, it goes back to what you can and can't mm. see, mm. Um, and because it's hidden away, mm. and because we don't talk about it generally. Yeah um then people do go on to suffer for years I mean, and
1: years and in mean, 2030 or in mean,
0: mega years who mega, was the lady in america jane that contacted you years. yeah
1: 35, 35 years, years. she, was, she wrote, uh, wrote, read the book at 85 and she'd been suffering since she was 15, menopause, no one had put two and two together, but equally she hadn't gone because we are the problem ourselves as well, the GPs are either not being taught about it, or it's a bit of dryness that is past as nothing, um, but also we are not going and complaining, only roughly 7% of women are going to their GP, so if we're not going and making enough noise then things are not they going don't know to change how big the problem is big problem is but what i do find really frustrating is um, some women are, are ignored some women are treated amazingly but those if they take their male partner with them and sex is mentioned as not being happened they
2: will be fast tracked quite often quicker for really? their treatment yes mm. yeah. that's
0: incredible isn't it
2: i found what i found remarkable when i went to speak to my gp um, i have two and god bless him he's lovely he's he's such a nice chap but he he when I was talking to him about symptoms I was experiencing, he referred to what I was talking about as my down below. Yes. So you're having discomfort in your down below area. Your knee or your
1: foot. I was <laughs> <It's> just
2: like, <laughs> I wasn't talking about my toe. Yeah. And I just thought, gosh, if you're a health professional and yeah. you feel uncomfortable, imagine yeah. how like I felt. Yeah. And I'm obviously quite comfortable talking about menopause, vaginas, mm-hmm. vulvas, mm-hmm. bottoms, all of it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm quite open like that, but. I think for young, younger women experiencing mm-hmm. vaginal atrophy, they, they probably do feel really embarrassed yeah. and find it difficult to kind of have those chats with health professionals. So it kind of needs them to be on the lookout. If you've got somebody going with recurrent thrush or recurrent UTIs, that they need to kind yes. of... And thrush is often misdiagnosed. It's That's I mean right. people yes. are often
0: misdiagnosed yes. with thrush, right. aren't they? Yeah. When actually yeah. it's not thrush at yeah.
1: all. Yeah. and um, but also from what I hear from um, medics is they'll they'll ask ladies' house menopause but you know, your symptoms. And they'll say, are you having sex? Oh, no, but it's fine. And then they'll dig. They have, to, they have to draw it out of the women. The reason they're not having sex is because it's so painful. Yep. But, because the women aren't volunteering, even if they're with a menopause specialist. It's having to be drawn out of them. Mm. But not everyone, I mean, but, but as mm. it, you know, a lot are...
0: But the question needs to be asked, doesn't mm. it, essentially. And, of course, it's another reason, going back to your GP, Sophie, it's another reason why it's so key that we name parts of the body... By what they actually are oh. we use the correct terminology because if we're not teaching young boys and girls about the correct terminology and this embarrassment just continues then you get to people like your GP who's medically trained who then finds it embarrassing to say the right words and talk to the patient correctly mm-hmm. um, and it just perpetuates this that's nonsense because right.
1: it it, uh, um, in some com- countries it's actually the word for vagina is shame that's that's its name they have no words for it they mm-hmm. have a, no, no actual word for it but we have to um because there's a big campaigns aren't there with the eve etc yep. the eve charity that we have to use the correct terminology and there's also reasons to do with sexual abuse as well that girls need to know what is not their flower Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't know because yeah. the flower is in the garden and mm. it's really important that we teach our children the correct um, names for th- th- that reason as well it's not just us being like come on ladies let's be sensible it's for yeah. children and there's a, sec- there's a whole thing to do with sexual abuse and all sorts yeah. and for parents to kind of yeah. use the correct yes. terminology absolutely yes. Yes. No. Yeah, yeah. you know
0: we wouldn't call a nose anything different would we so why would we call the vagina or anything different why would we call the vulva anything different it's ridiculous
2: yeah, and it makes people feel like it's something that they can't just say out loud because yeah. it's that. Do you remember a lady at the Menopause Club? She just couldn't say... She couldn't say the word. can't say the word know. vagina. But then now, the transformation, and she, it was at the last group that we started talking about vaginal atrophy. We speak about it quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and she was shouting across the rooms, about 20 of us, Well, you've got to check your vestibule. (laughs) We're all going. What's your vestibule? We all we're in stitches because, and then she was explaining, and I just think she's a champion now. Yeah, she's a champion. The more that we all talk about it, or like if you're having a chat with a friend and she's like, oh, do you know what we've oh, I, I can't stop going to the toilet really quickly, or I've not had sex for a year because it's just too painful, yeah. or, oh, I've had to give up cycling because yes. I find it too... I, I mm-hmm. actually personally used to be a really keen and mm-hmm. and now I just can't. No, no. Even if I wear and two pairs of padded yeah. shorts... But it's, it's really exactly. actually
1: quite. It really is quite common. Yeah. Um, or women are putting loads of cream. I it. think it's called chuff chuff rub or something they call it. Something <laughs> oh that that. Yeah, cream, so, like chuff so, rub. Yeah, or yeah that chuff rub. That's it. It's <laughs> yeah. a cream. But um, it is. I can't believe that if up to between 50 and 80 percent of men couldn't carry on with the sport they wanted, couldn't have sex when they wanted to have it, even if it's not a case of it's your right to have sex, it's whether you actually want to and physically can, whether they can sit down, whether they could wear their um, trousers comfortably, I can't believe that it would be allowed to be continued.
0: No, no, I, I don't think we would be. I don't no. think we'd be in this situation.
1: No. Really. I think they'd get
2: referred to specialists and things at the yeah, first I mean, appointment of even it saying be It out, because
1: it can be whipped out and put on the table almost, and you can see if it was sore, spitting, burning, bleeding,
2: mm. because ours can't be seen yeah. very easily. Yeah, it's um, like when you go for a. a a smear test or something and they say relax if you've got a woman there that's saying do you know I, I really can't relax I find yes. this excruciating yeah. I always walk away and I'm in agony afterwards that should be the red flag for them <laughs> <Yes>. to say <laughs> that's right that
1: Absolutely, that isn't normal yeah.
2: you yeah. know yeah. Th- this is there's there's things we can yeah. do to help and this is happening with. to
1: women early 40s mid 40s this isn't you know, seventeen. These these smear
2: tests are hurting in the mid forties, mm. where they never used to. And then they stop going. Don't and then they, they stop going. Mm. Well, I met a girl with um POI, and she just said that she was under the impression that anything to do with someone touching her like outer area, her her vulva, her vagina, or any sort of um kind of high impact sport that it was just painful that's just the way it was yeah and yeah. she'd been left like that for several years Good of much. just being in pain and seeing you know um, a POI specialist um, and never really having questions mm. asked about that and if if you haven't had any life experience prior to that or you've You've, you've never spoken about it, and mm. how would that person know that yeah. actually it's not normal, you shouldn't be in pain all the time, yeah. you shouldn't yeah. be itchy, you shouldn't be lying awake at night feeling like you want to rip the lower part of your yeah. body off yeah. because yeah. you feel that uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's... I still find it hard now with, you know, some some nights, I just feel so highly irritated mm-hmm. and on fire. It's like you've got ants, you're sitting on an ant's nest that's burning with a blowtorch. Yeah, and yeah. you just... And you don't know what to do with yourself. You're pacing the floor, you don't get a wink of sleep. And then the impact of that then on on your mental health Mm. is huge huge. because I feel like I've lost not only my reproductive organs, but I've lost a part of me. It is your sexual...
1: You know, it's it's your part of sexuality as a woman. Yeah. you know, And, And a lot of people say, well, you don't have to have penetrative sex. No, you don't. But there are some of us where you can't even have any part of the vulva touch and that includes your clitoris because it is also sore Mm. and painful Mm. um so women you know you've got to go and get help you've got to we've got to try and we've got not got to be scared of hrt there's a huge amount of um sort of propaganda out there life is for living and um 20 30 40 years without estrogen our pelvic floors especially for the majority are going to object
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I think we really do have to see it. I think we have to view it differently. Um, I think, you know, I've had this conversation with Louise Newton several times about the fact that actually menopause should really be rebranded or renamed and it should be female hormone deficiency because essentially that's what we're experiencing. Whether like Sophie and I, you know, sort of at the you know, sort of at the time of our surgery, Mm. or whether for people who are going through it naturally, who are experiencing depletion of their hormones over a period of time. um, As you just said, Jane, we're going to live, hopefully, most of us, Mm. a lot longer. Mm -hmm. And so you're living a long time without the hormone, and it is a deficiency. You wouldn't ever hear of
2: somebody with an underactive thyroid not being given thyroxine or being no. given the choice to take it no, be or outrage. someone with low iron not being offered an iron supplement. No. So why no. there's an expectation that women who are, do have an estrogen deficiency in menopause are just expected just to kind of get through, manage?
0: And I think we've, got, I think we've got two issues. I think one is the fact that obviously, um, you know, sort of for so many years... Health has been essentially managed by men Mm -hmm. um, over the decades. So this hasn't really been something that's come up. We haven't had many female medical professionals. You know, We didn't have female doctors until 1880, 1890, and there weren't very many of them. Um, I think that's one thing. But I think the other thing is, is for a lot of women, they have just put up with it they've just mm-hmm. they've just got on yeah. with it it's just been well I'm getting older so yeah. I should expect you know it's expected yeah. Yeah. it's what you know it's what should be expected of me to just put up with as you said Jane you know kind of pain discomfort etc cetera, etc cetera. and I think it's it's a massive it's a massive issue that we need to we really have yeah. to smash this idea that female pain is okay Mm -hmm. whether it's period pain whether it's endometriosis Mm -hmm. pain you know why no no pain is good no pain for a man is good no pain for a woman is good but women have historically been expected to just put up with pain
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and I just think the pelvic area really suffers and you know we have someone has to have real courage and and Louise almost went there the other day on, on, on with Lorraine that Women need to be explained the reasons what happens if you don't go on to hormones, Mm, not the reasons why you can't. Two thirds of women get um, dementia over men. Mm. Surely you can't be a rocket scientist saying why, you know, (laughs) and that's costing the NHS billions i would imagine millions the osteoporosis yeah. everything um and i don't know why it has such a sinful thing you know, there's three words hrt women are on on the concept of pill sometimes 30 40 years i believe mm-hmm. yeah synthetic at mega high doses yeah, yep. they're worried about putting a very small amount in that's body identical. I don't know why it has so much controversy and around women as well. It's yeah. the biggest thing that can mm-hmm. set off a, a, a
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think, debate. I mean, again, I think part of it, it comes back to history. It comes back to the fact that we just simply haven't had the amount of research that we should have had. So talking about the, particularly about Alzheimer's, um, you know, there's a piece of research that's just about to kick off in the States which the neuroscientists who are involved in they've what they've had to basically they've had to fight Mm. for 20 years Mm. to get the funding to run their research project yeah because it's about women and hormones and how the depleting hormone levels affect their potential for alzheimer's disease yeah um 20 years yeah I mean that just shows us, you know, kind of why we have the still have the hoops to jump through that we do. It really does. There we go. That's kind of silenced us all, isn't it? Yes, it has. <laughs> um, Jane, thank you very much, lovely. Thank you. Um, is a is there anything you'd like to add? And b if there isn't, how can anybody that's listening? get in touch for either the book or the leaflet and i know you now have the leaflet in urdu is that right yes it's in urdu as well yeah um and to join
1: the group and just to get more information yeah So I have a web page where I have a leaflet, a poster, and the leaflet is in English and in Urdu, um, both checked by GPs. That can be downloaded from www.mymenopausalvagina.co.uk. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, but I also have a Facebook support group called Vaginal Atrophy. And there's over a couple of
2: thousand ladies there where you can all come and talk vaginas. Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming today. And as always if you would like to contact us you can reach us on Hello Menopause Podcast at hotmail.com. Perfect. Take Thank you Jane. Thank you. Jay. Bye. Bye.